0: All right. Hi everyone. This is Anthony Diaz with the Pop Health Show and the show is for anyone that has a strong passion for making people healthier in this world. And along those lines, I'm very excited and enthused to have Dr. Hernandez Cano on the show. So he is the CEO and founder of Cano Health. They're doing some powerful things across the country, growing tremendously, but I just appreciate what Dr. Cano is doing. And uh, Dr. Cano, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you, Anthony. Um Really appreciate the invitation. Congrats to you and uh, um, big fans of uh, what you're doing. Um, The importance of population health cannot be overstated, particularly in the underserved communities. Um, We are falling behind uh, the rest uh, of the uh, industrialized um, world. Um, We are spending more and getting no better care, and it's uh, widening uh, social economic uh, inequalities uh, that are plaguing uh, particularly our uh, inner cities, uh, but other densely populated parts uh, throughout the countries. And it's over-indexing minorities uh, because of the socioeconomic economic uh, status. Uh, when you can work, um, because you're healthy enough to support your family, uh, you can compete in the free market in this great country. Uh, that we have um you can then uh, achieve uh, more things uh, maybe get better health insurance um uh stay healthier um with uh exercise uh, programs that you can go to and purchase into better food and the reverse happens as well when uh you uh cannot uh, work because you're sick then you can't pay your basic medical bills and and then you get even sicker family members um, have to then take care of you or you can't take care of others and uh, that uh, can slip you sometimes uh, irreparably uh, into uh, the the lower uh, income classes and and into poverty and so What we're doing here at Counter Health is being a bit of the tip of the spear there uh, in uh, going uh, selectively, exclusively into uh, underserved uh, communities, uh, bring VIP care um, at lower uh, cost uh, to our patients um, with a great patient uh, experience uh, and uh, saving taxpayers and other stakeholders um, necessary funds so that care could be uh, more sustainable but uh, we're just one company and uh, voices like uh, yourself that are talking about the issues that are affecting uh, populations uh, throughout uh, the country, uh, basic access uh, to health care, how equitable uh, we are investing uh, in uh, the community's uh, basic uh, health care. All of these uh, types of concerns are incredibly important in so many ways.
0: I appreciate it. Yeah, and I, I appreciate what you're doing as a company too, and, and your your background's unique because it's kind of... Uh, what I've always, I value about your story and what you're doing. It's a, it's very much a founder market fit where it's like your unique background has allowed yourself to focus on a lot of these, these uh, dimensions and reduce the health inequalities. And, you know, the market you're serving also large Hispanic populations, right. Um, um, lots of uh, servicing for the underrepresented. Um, but I, I would also love to hear, and, and it's, it's a blessing to hear how much the ethos of, of who you are and what you are, have baked itself into the business, and that empathy has baked itself in, and that's that's uh, truly a uh, you know I think a reflection of, of, of you. Um, tell me a little bit about your background, or our listeners about our background. You know, I've heard your story, but it's it's a powerful story. But I'd love to he- to hear about what led you to this point. You know, what led you to become the person you are, and to really tee yourself up for for this uh, this mission and purpose that that you're you're undergoing right now.
1: Sure. So um, I'm Cuban. I'm born in Cienfuegos, uh, Cuba and um, got uh, the blessing of a lifetime uh, when I was about to turn nine years old and step foot uh, in the United States in this great land of opportunity, the land of dreamers. Mm -hmm. Um, My parents, uh, incredibly hardworking people, professionals in Cuba, my mother, a a dentist, my father, an architect. Uh, But of course, um, because of the political, and economic situation. There's very little opportunity there and could not uh, give us uh, much, um, but I had it all. I had uh, incredibly loving parents who uh, would do um, practically anything to give me, my brother, my sister an opportunity. And I got that uh, by coming uh, to this country. And the one um, expectation from my parents, from my family, uh, is that I would do something with that uh, opportunity, that I would go to school, that I would uh, work incredibly hard uh, to be um, a productive member of society, uh, to achieve what my parents uh, could not because uh, they didn't grow up uh, in this country Mm -hmm. and um, make for myself uh, the American dreams and my family proud in in the process. And that's how Canal Health uh, came uh, to be um, as uh, it um, made a very uh, significant impression to me uh, as we were going through the Great Recession in 2008-2009, uh, how many uh, hardworking families were losing insurance. And as a result uh, of that, not having their basic uh, healthcare needs uh, attended to, um, and uh, I felt uh, that uh, it was both a duty as uh, somebody has dedicated uh, his professional life uh, to healthcare uh, as a physician, uh, but also a great uh, opportunity from every angle, including business, uh, to put a clinic that reflected the population it served um, mm-hmm. ethnically, culturally, uh, and um, at did so in an affordable way uh it did so in a aligned way whereby as patients got better um it uh actually improved the finances of uh, the organization uh not as it is in general with you know, healthcare uh, being driven by how sick a patient is and the sicker a patient, the more a provider organization earns. So we kind of flipped that model from the outset. Uh, and so um, it was about putting up a shingle in the community that I grew up in uh, to help um Those uh, in my barrio, if you will, Um, and that then grew beyond my expectations. Um, It is what Cano is today.
0: I love it. I love it. No, and and it's a great model. um, What you're doing and and your your upbringing, your perspective, and kind of who you are has brought you to this point. Um, Maybe you can tell, describe a little bit about. Um, what's next for Kano Health, but also just at the foundation how the model is a little bit different than than a lot of the models out there and, and why that model has fueled its growth. I think you alluded to it a little bit as kind of just, you know, healthcare has been an inverted improper system up to this point. And so sometimes um, sometimes just doing the opposite of a, an inversion makes things more efficient and effective. But maybe I don't want to put words in your mouth. I'd love to hear about kind of what the uniqueness and, and now also you guys are growing. I, I'm assuming you guys are going to, sure. you know, get past, uh, Florida and go into some other States is here. So I'd love to hear about, um, the now and, and where you're going.
1: Yeah. Yep. So thankfully I did not have any, uh, capital. I did not have any bad habits, okay. um, I had an education um, in medicine, and in fact, was completing it by the time I, f- I founded Candle uh, Health in 2009, had um, about a year and a half uh, to complete my medical degree. I was going through um, business school and, and also public health school at, at the same time. Um, I did not have a choice. I needed to get all that education in because I could not afford to do it otherwise. Uh, and the the clinic uh, that I founded, I also did not have um, capital. My parents helped me a great deal and and, and, and gave me a, a lot of confidence and love and uh, support. But you know, ultimately, uh, the the bills needed to get paid and. Um, if the clinic was not successful, um, then we couldn't uh, continue doing what we'd love to do and put food on the table. So we built uh, a model that worked, that was affordable, that um, provided a solution for our community um, right. rather than one which is still the predominant one today, in which you contract with a payer, an insurance carrier for example, and a um, patient comes in, you charge them a copay, and then you bill the insurance. And the more you do, the more you get paid. Well, I did not have any, uh, funds, uh, in order to, uh, do marketing, to hire professionals who knew how to contract uh, with the payers to, um, get, uh, the initial, uh, infrastructure, uh, to do all that back office revenue cycle. Mm-hmm. And, um, all I had was, well, you know, my hands, uh, an individual or two that I can contract on a, a per diem basis to get things uh, started, uh, and then um, bringing um, a value to the patients we serve uh, that uh, they could afford, uh, and that. Could keep us in business, and initially it was uh, thirty dollars a month um, with uh, all the medical care that we can provide in-house included. Um, and you know, patients uh, came in and, and brought their families, um, and it and it wasn't about uh, how much I can do to them, but it's what I can do for them. Right. And the word of mouth is what grew the clinic. It wasn't a marketing budget because that did not exist. Right. So. In comparisons to um, some of our uh, competitors and other companies, um, we were blessed to not have the luxury of capital and to have to innovate from the very beginning to provide what the market needed, that social good. And that's how the free market should work, um, while at the same time um, growing uh, the uh, clinic, the the business uh,
0: in an organic way. Hmm. Hmm. Nice. Nice. And so basically, it's almost like uh, someone. I don't know if the model still works that way today, but like as you get in, I think I read maybe like correct me if I'm wrong. Like Arizona, you maybe go into that Arizona market. It would probably work very similar. It's like you you're paying Kano thirty dollars a month, and it's it's a very like it's a health plan you get, they get a set amount of services. Obviously there's a lot of things that are not covered, you know, don't, don't, don't make sure you don't get a dismemberment or something as kind of, it's not going to cover that probably. Right. But, but all, all kidding aside though, it sounds like it's a, it's a health plan. Um, you provide services and it, it, it I think I read, it was like a fourth of all, uh almost it's going to be like a fourth of all hispanics don't even have like a health plan right or something like
1: that yeah so what kind of evolved too is that eventually um we we got very busy and the payers started taking notice um Mm -hmm. and over time we were able to do the same thing we were doing with the individual patient with the payers the payers pay us a flat fee on a monthly basis uh and so we're now incentivized to uh, keep the patients as healthy as possible and to have them bring more uh, patients that are delighted with our our service. And um, so our revenues are very simple, as opposed to how many procedures we did or Mm -hmm. visits in general we did, even though we did a lot of them. um, We Mm -hmm. do more visits than the traditional establishment. because We care more, we're incentivized more. Um, And so it, it is very simple. It's how many patients? Uh, times that you know flat rate uh, that it, it does depend on uh, kind of the payer class whether it's Medicare, Medicaid, or uh, you know private uh, insurance and, and and so forth. But it is a a flat capitated fee. We also do fee for service, um, yeah. which is your traditional yeah. approach. But it's less than four uh, wow. percent of uh, our revenues and 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 services. Um, something that we do because. If um, a patient wants to come in, uh, is a family member of one of our capitated patients, we don't turn patients away. Our first rule in Canada is we don't turn patients away. Um, And so we continue uh, to uh, provide the essence of those first services, albeit now expanded because... As we got out of the recession, then people came into having insurance once again, and then you have Obamacare and, and, and government programs filling in some gap, although you still have a lot of folks without insurance, but nowhere near where right. it was back in 2008 and, and 2009. Right. And the big um, need is in the Medicare and Medicaid populations. Yeah. And so we decided then to focus in uh, on that and, and hence you know 96% uh, plus. Uh, of our uh, business if you will. i hate to call it a business because it's that labor of love it's 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 a practice these are my patients it's not clients i wow. still see patients as a physician nice. uh, on a on a routine basis um so um uh, it's uh it's a beautiful model because it, it puts the patient the payer the provider taxpayer or oh, the stakeholders yeah. in perfect alignment yeah. rather than the misalignment that exists for uh, the majority of healthcare.
0: Yeah, no, I love what you're doing. I think the model's great in the process of, of you pursuing your your passion and, and your calling and your conviction. Um, focusing on that has just a, a byproduct of that allowed the economics to work in its favor. And obviously, as we move more towards value value-based care. And, um, it's, it's great that you're focused in this area. Um, Dr. Cano. I want to be sensitive about your time. Um, I know we only have a few minutes, so I always like to kind of end off, um, with the future focus. Uh, I'd love to hear maybe one or two things that have you excited. Obviously we have a new administration, uh, in now there's, uh, there's a Cuban gentleman that's running, right. Uh, HES, uh, Xavier right now. It's uh, going to run it. Right. I believe his name. And, um, Medicare, Medicaid, Affordable Care, uh, Care Act, a lot of things happening there. But all in all, where do you see the future of health going maybe over the next couple of years? Uh, and, and how do you feel you would play a role in that? Um, just love to hear about the future as you see it, yeah.
1: So uh, I'm an optimist. I, I think uh, that the programs, the, the paradigm shifts that are occurring in healthcare are going to significantly Uh, Mm -hmm. improve access and quality and make uh, it cost more sustainable and and comparable to other industrialized nations. Mm -hmm. Uh, Cano is today in uh, four states and territories, Florida, Mm -hmm. we're in Texas, we're in Nevada, we're in Puerto Rico, and um, we are going to continue to expand in those markets, but also in other states uh, providing services like California, for example, and others. So we're very, very excited about continuing to expand our operations, our 70-plus medical centers and hundreds of affiliated uh, practices that comprise cannon Health uh, today and, and the population uh, that we manage over 100,000 uh, cavitated uh, members or patients. Mm-hmm. And so um, I believe uh, that um, uh, healthcare um is um, finally um, starting to work uh, right. for the underserved patient mm-hmm. and I'm biased but it's because yeah. you've got counter like companies finally in the marketplace and being embraced right by the uh, investor political and broader uh community mm-hmm. um before there was very little place uh, for uh, larger, more comprehensive primary care organizations. You had a near total dominance by the hospitals or the payers. um, And uh, it was uh, a system that then relied on public uh, hospitals and then government programs to kind of fill in the gaps. But I believe that if we can connect healthcare make it once again about the relationship between a patient uh and their doctor um individualize that care uh get uh, services like uh cano at home 24 7 urgency line and ultimately allow patients to live longer fuller lives um you know bringing more uh meaning uh giving uh more of a sense of purpose and connection to the community All of that uh, will um, ultimately uh, improve um, outcomes, Mm -hmm. uh, which today uh, are below where they should be. And uh, I see um, a a lot of uh, investment going particularly to the underserved. You can draw a line in in any major uh, American metro area um, between the haves and the half-nots. Right. Um, And... You can see in the higher income, the majority of primary care and other healthcare uh, entities, um, and they have not, uh, then uh, not only lower services, but higher mortality rates, higher diabetic amputation rates. And so we're running into those areas, and through our value based, capitated model, working with government and private institutions alike we're starting to change things and change things from the market perspective. Mm-hmm. At heart, I am somebody that believes um, in free markets, in oh, yeah. American uh, liberties and, and institutions. Government could be very helpful and can provide important safety nets and anybody that is for my patients, I'm going to be for them. Right. Um, but government um, cannot be the end-all, be-all solution. needs those providing the direct services uh, Mm -hmm. to be aligned uh, with uh, those they serve. And dare I say it, reflect Mm -hmm. those they serve. Uh, As our patients um, are meeting a staff that is 70 plus percent um, minority, um, 90 plus percent bilingual. Mm -hmm. um, And uh, that's the patient population in proportion of what we're serving today today as well. And you're building that confidence and and, uh, establishing that trust and that rapport, which is so important. So very excited about the future. I see Cano as being um, America's primary care, a uniquely American institution by serving uh, those uh, who need it most. And that's across the country. And that's not any ethnic group in particular, because poverty does not know of race or culture um, does tend to over-index in right. Latinos and African-Americans and, and, and others. Uh, but as we um, you know, provide those individuals with better health care, um, I believe we're also doing our part uh, in closing those uh, social and economic
0: inequalities. I love it. I love it. Well. This is great. I appreciate what you're doing. I appreciate where, where you're going with uh, the organization and the, the manifesto. I mean, it's so neat. It's so timely, um, so obvious, but it, it, it's really uh, it hasn't come to fruition unless someone that, that has a, a unique background perspective, um, you know, to bring it to the next level. Uh, and so it's just great to see that, um, see this happening in birth in, in Florida and now, you know, a model that can go to all the different States Uh, Dr. Cano, I want to be sensitive to your time here. What what would be a good way for very last question is what would be a good way for our listeners to get in touch with you on social media if they'd like to find you or learn more about uh, Cano?
1: Well, um, we're on Twitter, uh, Dr. Marlo Hernandez Cano. Uh, We're on Twitter. You can look uh, Cano Health up on uh, Facebook uh, and uh, Instagram uh, as well. And I do reply, we do reply to uh, your questions. Um, So, um, uh, you bring them um, and we will do our best uh, to answer them uh, quickly. Uh, So, uh, do connect with us uh, on social media if uh, uh, you're... Uh, in uh, one of the cities where we provide services um, and probably coming near you soon, um, we're uh, at eight uh, five five Canomed. Med. So if you dial that number, um, you can uh, make an appointment um, plug in uh, to one of our
0: medical centers in Lenmore. Awesome, awesome. Well, uh, this was great. Thank you so much for being on our show. And uh, to our listeners out there,, uh, this is the Pop Health show. The shows for anyone that has a super strong passion making people healthier in this world. Dr. Hernandez Cano, thank you so much for your time. Thank you for sharing your story, what you're doing, your mission, your ethos um, with us. This was great. Thank you, Anthony.
1: Um, Really appreciate the invitation and uh, best of luck. Thank you so much.